1: Hey, hey, hey. What's up? I sound way more cheerful than I feel. I feel so run down.
2: It's that mid January, holidays are over. What's there to look forward to in life? Still getting dark at 4 p.m. and it's negative million degrees type of vibe. Is that what I'm feeling?
1: Yes. Plus tax season is coming. I, yes. I paid taxes today and I was like, wait, what? And I had a big scare, but then it turned out I didn't owe as much as I thought, but still it's like, I can't even shake that big scare. It's almost like, you know, you think there's like a monster in your closet and your parent turns on the light. It's like, there's no monster, but you're, you're still looking at the closet like There was a monster. <laughs> I just feel like, ah, I feel um, you. I know. It's just, uh, and then, um, um, I started my IVF. So I feel like, I'm an emotional roller coaster, but it took me a while to realize. I'm like, why am I so wild? Because <laughs> you're being
0: I- pumped full of hormones, right?
1: I, yes. It took me a minute to realize until until Superman was like, what is your deal? I'm like, nothing, 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 <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, is it the shots? And I was reading, he was like, I'm pretty sure it's the shots. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I was, first of all, I was scared to death because I'm not scared of needles, like but, I mean, no one says, yeah, a needle, right? I mean, you know, unless, you know, I don't know. Unless you're maybe I a did, doctor. I
2: did when I got milkshakes afterward, but no one gives me those anymore. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, so the way it works is that um, they have me on, like, these two types of medicine. So I have to take – you have to be a chemist. I'm like, oh, my God. I was so nervous about the first one. I actually drove to the doctor's office early in the morning to just do it in front of them. Because you have to, like, mix the saline mixture with this – four vials of powder, like mix it yourself. Wait, really? Yes. And (gasps) then pull it out. Like, I mean, you literally are like a chemist. And then after all of that, then you have to poke yourself. And so it was, I'm not going to lie. Every morning I get a little bit of anxiety about doing the mixture. Right. I mean, and then at night it's really easy. Like the, the, I guess, whatever the medicine, it's like almost like in a, in a pen, pen form. So literally you just kind of like put the pen against your stomach and, and, and push your medicine in. Um, the, the needle itself actually doesn't really hurt. I would say on a scale of one to 10, it's a two. Um, but just the fact of like, you know, sticking a needle in your belly, it's like, yay, not fun times. Kind of um, goes against that base human instinct not
2: to impale oneself. <laughs> no. So,
1: yeah. But, um, but yeah, so we'll see. So I guess the, I, from what I understand, which I probably should know more, but honestly, I just, I'm tired, that I think what the, this medicine is doing is actually... Lowering my hormones on purpose. So basically, this medicine is pulling the rubber band back, and then I'm gonna take a slingshot medicine, like you know, like I don't know, like I don't know, a week, where it's actually gonna like pop me forward, like you know, you let go of the, 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 yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, um, because normally as a woman, you you know, you produce one egg a month. So the pop forward is to say ovulate, and then hopefully (laughs) you you produce a ton of eggs. You know, I don't know, anywhere from I don't know more than one to like 10, 15. I don't know how many women can produce. Um, so then from those eggs, so, you know, at least for me, they'll, you know, they'll seek the eggs out, you know, um, combine it with Superman, his sperm, and then like, hopefully embryos grow and then they'll choose, you know, um, up to two healthy embryos because you still have the, uh, there's still um, a chance that one of them is not going to make it and they'll put two inside. Well, she's going to put two and then it may be twins. It may not. Oh, you're
2: going to go for two. Okay.
1: Um, she said, well, not because she was like, honestly, I'm not trying to, have for, it's not for you to have twins. It's just that there's, a, there's a, always a high likelihood of one not making it. So it's really so you can be guaranteed, like, you know, not guaranteed, but you have a, you know, a higher chance of one making it. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping for twins. You even are? though I'm kind of not. Well, oh my God, of, Tiff, yes. we're, we're going to have to
2: cancel the show if you have twins. I don't know how you're going to do that. I'm
1: not going to lie, I'm going to have to take like a, a month off because, not even a month. A I month. I know. <laughs> okay, Oof. we'll cross but, that bridge when we, uh, it comes to it. I know, it. <laughs> And then from there, so I don't know. I mean, so, what, so typically what happens is, so you go through the cycle of like shot, 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 slingshot, pull the eggs you know, mix it with, with, with your partner's sperm, grow, grow, grow embryos, put one inside, hope it grows. If it doesn't, then you start all over shot, shot, shot. So some people are on like on their fifth or sixth, seventh, 10th cycle, you know, so that's what they consider like a
2: round of IVF It's from the hormones to the insemination. And then like the incubating of the
1: embryos. For the, yeah, for the most part, and so and then okay. if it you know if it doesn't, then you go for another round. So that's a full round. So this is my very so for those of you who have been following my journey, you're like you're just now getting to it. Yes, I I had fibroids, and then I had so many that they removed them. It's it called scar tissue, and I had to have two surgeries to remove that, and it was just all of this this full year and some change. But I think I had my fibroid surgery. I want to say like January, which like actually right like right about now, January twenty fifth, I think, and now it's January twenty second. So literally almost a year to date. So it took a year of like preparing my uterus for to be able to carry a baby. So that's why I'm just now getting Because most people don't have to go through all this. Like if they're getting IVF, they might not have a fibroid issue. So they just kind of go and start the process. But it's been a long time of preparation for me. Man, well, fingers crossed. No. And who would have thought? Meanwhile, you know, and when you're young, you're like, oh, please don't be pregnant. Please don't get pregnant. Please don't get pregnant. Meanwhile, now it's like... you bending over backwards, doing hula hoops to, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to get pregnant. It's so, it's so strange how life happens because, you know, you could be 15 and you're like, no, I just looked at a penis and now I'm pregnant. And I'm, as, as a 39 year old woman, I'm like, please come on ovaries. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, I didn't realize it's not until you start talking about IVF that you find out just how many women, my doctor told me that, um, that it it concerns the um the fertility industry that how um how our- our fertility men and women has significantly dropped over the years that oh, it's really? much lower yeah much lower like there is a trend of it just going down 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 and I'm like, wow, why do you think that is she was like i don't know. honestly they don't know is it stress is it diet they don't know why Less and less women are, are fertile, and less and less men honestly are fertile. Cause that's interesting. So,
2: like that's the first time I've heard fertility being down. Because you hear like births being down, which I think is a symptom of just people getting married older and not wanting kids, and the economy, and all kinds of stuff. But fertility. Wait are we are we actually gonna be end up in the Handmaid's Tale?
1: I know, right? Because <laughs> She was like, honestly, that, you know, that there's a, there's the overall fertility issue happening. And I don't know if she meant in the United God. States or like worldwide, but, um, but yeah, so she was like, you know, more and more folks that you wouldn't expect to have, you know, a fertility issue are, she's like, like, you too, like, I don't drink. I've never have, I don't smoke. I never have, you know, I, I exercise uh, fairly, you know, I mean, well, listen, let me not lie. I don't, exercise, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't drink and I don't smoke. Okay. <laughs> but, um. But yeah, so you know, I don't know. I just feel I'm not gonna lie, I am scared because I'm I'm feeling overwhelmed by business right now. And I'm like, Oh, how does a baby fit into all of this? When when you've got two of them in your arms, you just make room. You'll you'll do it. You're not the
2: first working mom. You can do it. You can do it. You'll find a way. Yeah, you'll find a way.
1: If Serena Williams can win a Grand Slam and have a baby,
2: (laughs) well, I mean, that's just don't compare yourself to her because seriously, she's got Beyonce's nanny on speed dial. That's different. But you really, you've made me think about my own fertility. I need to. You guys know I need to see some doctors in my life, but I'm really. It's not like it's an immediate plan, but I'm definitely. I'd rather know now so i yes. can cuz you know i'm 31 right now um and i feel like i'm i'm at a point where i should at least see what's happening under the hood a little bit more than i have it's been yeah it's been over a year since i went back um to the gynecologist so that's
1: not healthy i'm going to do better yeah, it's good to know like you know you don't want to find out you have fibroids from randomly like wait what and so yeah. or not you but i'm just saying in general like i never i never thought about checking my fertility you know like you just you know, as a woman, you just assume like, well, of course I can have a baby. It's just whether or not do I want to or not. But I never thought because I'm mean, like I'm one of five girls. You know, like I was like, uh, I come from a fertile family. Like my grandma had like you know, eight children or whatever. And so, but that's not you know, one she didn't have them as late as I'm having my first. You know, yeah. So it sometimes there's a fertility issue that only um, that only um, comes up if you wait. So like my my younger sister, she had two kids, boom, boom, you know, back to but like, like she got married and literally within a year had her first and then a year later had her second. But she also had them in her like um in her early 30s. So maybe if I would have, you know, had my first kid at 30, it wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have had an issue. So, but yeah, so it's just good to know where you stand, like going, if you're thinking that you might want to have kids in the future, um because honestly, my doctor was like, uh, Tiffany. You know, like you, like she was like you should have been here yesterday. I was like, oh, thanks, because apparently, I guess what is it called? Is it called follicles?
2: Mm, That's a word, but how are you
1: using it? I know. (laughs) I'm like, there are. I think, don't quote me. So anyway, like inside, like um, I guess attached to your um uterus. I want to say I'm probably wrong, but anyway, come through, Miss Frizzle. (laughs) Tell right, us. <laughs> you know? So women have a number of follicles. So I think you can have like, I don't know how many you can have on each side, you know, but each of those follicles produces an egg, but some women have like 10, you know? Um, and so for me, I'm down to four. If you don't have any follicles, you cannot produce any egg. Then you are truly, you're truly not fertile, no mm. more eggs. And so when I was like, wow, when she said I was down to four, I didn't know if that was like, okay, so Four compared to what? And she was like, you know, I would have to Google to see like the most women have. But she said, for example, women can have 10. And I was like, okay. And for my age, although I'm 39, at 39, a, a, I guess a typical 39 year old would not would have more than four. So I don't know why it could be hereditary. It could be, but see, I like I wish if I would have known, I mean, I don't know that I would have been like, hey, Superman, let's get this baby popping. I don't know what I would have decided. But let's just say I waited another two years you know, and I lost two more follicles. You know, I don't know if I was born with uh, a lot, a little, because I'd never checked my follicles or whatever before. So when she said that, I was like, wow. So basically, t- for me, time is of the essence. You know, men can have like kids until they're like, you know, 101. But how do you mean? Um... Okay. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but I was going to ask, how do you, and I wonder if other women listening
2: have the same fear, but I've had friends who've had miscarriages and I almost feel like preparing to have a kid is also like mentally preparing for what can go wrong. I mean, I'm a natural pessimist and it's not always a good thing, but I wonder if that's crossed your mind and if you have like a plan for how you might handle it or if your doctor has talked about that possibility at all.
1: Um, well, I haven't mentioned this before, but actually I had a miscarriage a year ago. That's how I found out that I had five words. And so it was like, it was only, I was only like two months in, two and a half. So I I knew I was having like crazy pains. It was like Superman and I had just gotten married. Not even, it wasn't a year ago. It it was, no, no, no. It was because I I had the fibroid surgery not that long after. But I, I found out I was pregnant. I was like, what? Okay. It's good. But then like soon after, like, you know, only like a, like a, a month or two in, I just was having like really terrible stomach pains. And it was like, I don't know. I felt like I was getting kicked in the stomach. And so I went to the um, emergency room and, um, and she was like, uh, are you sure you're pregnant? I'm like, well, I took like a number of tests. I had so many fibroids. They couldn't even see. Oh, wow. the, and I, I didn't even know that I had fibroids and I was like, what? And I lost the baby. And I was, I mean, it was like a mix between like, I don't want to, I felt like I felt it more after than during because I was more shocked. Like I have fibroids, you know? Um, and so, but he, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's my IVF shot. Um, um, reminder. <laughs> okay. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> you can keep it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, so what I, what I learned was like, I, I had so many fibroids. So here's the thing that, um, even it was better for me to have had that miscarriage. I like, you know, um, I was like, like I said, a little under three months because my, all the fibroids combined were like the size of me being like four months pregnant, meaning that that those fibroids were taking up so much space, the baby would not have been able to grow past six months like as far as size you know so imagine having a a a, a miscarriage at six months you know Man. so um that's what i found out and so of course i right away was like well i wanted to get rid of them i mean there's all these natural remedies and things that you can you can try but i was like i didn't want to wait like two years for something to work and so you know i decided to have the fibroid surgery it actually went really really well um, I had a really good doctor. My recovery was, I mean, I thought everyone's fibroid surgery was kind of like that. And so a number of my friends had it after me and they didn't have, as um, they didn't, their recovery was much harder. But my recovery was really like, after a couple of days, I felt like almost myself again. I had to remind myself, you have stitches, like sit, you know, settle down. So the surgery was fine. But then I kept getting the scar tissue because I had so many fibroids removed. And so finally... Um, I think I mentioned like, uh, in a previous episode that they had to put that, um, I, the IUD into me, like the, the thing that you normally yeah, put yeah. in with, yeah, just basically to hold my uterus open. And also it, I didn't realize until I recently spoke to my doctor to release, um, medicine to, so the fibroids wouldn't grow back. Uh, because you know, fibroids are not something that you can, you can remove them, but they can come back. And since she knew I was going to be recovering for a long time, I could a year later be back with fibroids. So I don't have fibroids now, thank God. Uh, I just got checked maybe like a a week ago. But yeah, so now that's why for me, time is really of the essence. It's like, Tiffany, now like everything has to be on hold. If you want to have a kid, you basically have to, you know, do it now. Um, And so, yeah, it's so I mean, I I can't say I'm prepared for a miscarriage, but I know that it's possible. And I don't know. I know people who are like on cycle seven. I don't know what that must feel like. where. You try again and you, you know, you go again and put the embryos in. I don't know what that must feel like. So I just, you know, one cycle at a time and, you know, prayerfully that this is my, this is it. You know, I do the cycle. It takes really well and I don't have to do it like, you know, again and again. That's why I'm kind of hoping for twins because I'm not going to lie. I do not want to go through this process again. And I think I really would like to have like more than one kid. We have Supergirl, but she's 12 and I feel like um there's nothing like growing up with a sibling close in age. Yeah. Um, And so I would like, you know, if I had the opportunity, I want to give that, you know, to my child. Because they'll have a sister. But, you know, I know, like, Lisa, I was nine when my baby sister Lisa was born. So I was like, I'm an adult. You know, we didn't actually grow up playing together, you know? Yeah, I mean, Supergirl's a lost cause anyway. So... She is ready. Supergirl's like, Bring the baby home.
2: <laughs> for now. For now. You know when she when when you came home, Miss Wife. I know. <laughs> she reacted so well to that. No. I know. She, she'll but, be fine. She, yeah. So yeah. But yeah, so I mean Wait, do you need to so, do you need to go take a shot or something? I heard that no, jingle. No, I
1: haven't no, I have like I put it you have a two hour window. So I have plenty I of time. See. But, okay. Yeah. But I was like, yeah. whenever I hear it, I'm like, no, no more shots. It's something else being a woman, I tell you.
2: Listen. I was just complaining to my husband like I I haven't talked to my mother-in-law since Christmas and I was adding – you know, a a week after Christmas I was like, well, it's been a week and now I'm thinking it's been a month and I haven't called her and I was just like, man, you know, do you feel guilty for not talking to my dad or my mom in a month? And he's like – what I don't think he even texts either of them like no one there's no expectation for him to visit them or call them and I'm like do you see what's happening here like I'm actually stressed out and she's mad at me for not communicating more and it's just like such a double standard so I know that it's different than you know the fertility things but yes it is something being a woman there's just such it's just such a different game such a different game
1: Cause you're expected to still like do everything. It's like, Oh, you took a shot. Okay. So you're going to show up and still come to work. Oh, you like, you know, Oh yeah. Miscarriage. Oh, you know, but you still have to like show up and it's just like, Oh, it's just.
2: What's Superman going through? What's it, what's he up to?
1: For real, <laughs> you know, like, I oh mean, honestly, God. he, I mean, he, obviously we have amazing husbands, but it's not the same. Like today I literally was like, Like, I I, I came from the accountant. I was feeling so overwhelmed. And I was like, oh, man, like, I have to make dinner when I come home. And then I have to take Brown and So I came home. And he saw my face. He's like, are you okay?" I was like, what do you want with your chicken? He was like, babe, I can can make dinner. I was like, no, it's fine. Because I said I'm going to make dinner more often. You know? And he was like, honestly, I really, I'm not. I don't want to eat your dinner right now. Just go <laughs> take that. But it's like, you know, because I feel guilty about that, too, because I'm like, ugh, I don't make dinner as much as I should. Am I a good stepmom? I feel like Supergirl still hates me half the time. Some days she's like, hey, take Other days I'm like, good morning. And it's crickets. I'm like, what have I done to you? Oh, I'm just like, and then I'm like, I want to be a good daughter. You want to be a good friend. Oh, you're stressing you know? me out. Okay. I, <gasps> I know. And to be fair, I'm like, yo, these shots are something else. Because I'm like, Tiffany, you weren't wilding like this before. And it's not until I was talking to my best friend, Drina. She was like, so I think the shots are <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> And now I'm laughing. I am truly feeling crazy. So, yes. So if I'm, you could feel free to reel me on in because I know the shots definitely have me on a roller coaster ride.
0: No, well, I'm really
2: happy that you're sharing, and I mean, come on, we—I think everyone listening can relate, at least in some parts, what you're going through. So, well, good vibes, nothing but good vibes, good baby vibes, and uh, yeah, keep us posted. We'll do. Now for my Debbie Downer segue, um, I feel like we need some kind of sad gong or something. Day 33 of the government shutdown. <laughs> yeah. My husband's contributing nothing to the household, and yet he's still having to go to work every day. <laughs> it sucks. Like there's people who if you're, con- if you're considered non-essential, you don't have to go to work. And yes, that sucks because, you know, you're not working, you're not getting paid. But he's considered essential, so he still has to go to work and still isn't getting paid. And he's like, it's never been busier, so he's still working late. He had to go to work on Saturday. Like when is this madness going to end? I read some article about a guy who's like making Star Wars figurines to make extra income and how people are trying to find side hustles just to just to kind of make ends meet. And I just, I can't, I can't take it much longer. No.
1: You know, it's so crazy because having a government job was supposed to be like the safest job you can get. Like that, you know, super secure, great insurance. And now it's like, is it,
2: you know? Yeah, tax season's going to be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned that earlier. I don't even know. I mean, with the IRS already being like, kind of a shit show now when you consider the, I mean, they're saying that um, they're going to do their best to get everything out on time per usual, but they're saying that, but I don't know if it'll, you know, things will actually happen. Because when are we supposed to start getting w Well, you don't know, but <laughs> for I know, the rest no, I of think, us, the end of
1: January, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it even affects everyone. Like I, with two of my companies, I switched from an S corp to a C corp. That's different. That That means I'll be taxed differently submitted this stuff in November through my account. And of course he did it. Um, December they were like uh, closed. Um, and so now he's trying to call because we have to do my taxes. And so we don't know how to file. Am I an S corp? Am I a C corp? And there's nobody to ask. That's totally, the, that's the, the difference is like tens of thousands of dollars in taxes, because if they say, no, we're not going to allow you to be a C corp. Then I owe more. And if they say, yes, you could be a C corp. Then I owe less. And so it, you know, it, they're just not answering even the phone have, or. Well, yeah, no, there's no, there's no one to answer. He's called. Um And yeah, you, because you have to be, you know, you have to be approved. And he's like, well, we're going to, we're going to move forward with the, the, the thinking that you're a C Corp, but they might come back and say otherwise, or they might say, hey, you could be a C Corp, but you can't, it can't be since January 1st. We'll only let you since when you were filed in November. So there's no. It could be three different answers and so that so it affects it affects this shutdown it's affecting everyone even if you don't directly work for the federal government and it's just i don't i don't like what's the end goal here you know well i know what the end goal is but the wall chaos
2: distraction well, it's also impacting people in the mortgage process. We've read about that recently. So if you're like a federal worker and your bank is asking you for, you know, records of your payment and you're in the middle of an underwriting phase, they don't just do that at the beginning of a loan application. They'll come at the very end too if you're like closing and do another check of all your records. And mm-hmm. if all of a sudden, you know, you've been furloughed, that could, that could um, you know, throw a wrench in in your plan unless you kind of talk to your lender. But on the on the bright side, we did recently write a story about um, a bunch of banks kind of offering assistance to, fed- to federal workers who've been furloughed. So if you've got loan payments due or you're going to miss your credit card payment or something like that, call up your bank and check out their website and see if they offer any kind of um, financial hardship program. They're typically used after like natural disasters, but um, mm-hmm. it's been good to see banks doing the right thing and agreeing to work with workers because this is seriously out of anybody's hands except for our elected officials.
1: Yeah, no, that has been really good to see. I've seen a lot. And just I've seen a lot of people giving and like restaurants, like offering free lunches. And it's just, you know, there's been a lot of um, just like heartwarming things. But it would just be nice for people. I honestly, I can't imagine, you know, when I was a preschool teacher being like, oh, no check for no check for the whole month. I don't even know. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Guess, guess the song. Uh, that was. A, it's time for questions.
2: I, I don't do it again, but I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, because, <man. laughs> like, you know, I was trying to think, like, what's the second part of the, the melody? Um, oh, okay, you know what? For those of you guests, I want you to uh, tweet us um, at the B.A. podcast or. And and let us know if you know what that tune is, the questions tune. Okay. Um, you can
2: rewind yeah. it to hear it again, but don't actually do it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um you can email us your questions at
2: Brownambition Podcast at gmail dot com.
1: Um, um, I'm actually gonna dig into the Dreamcatchers group on Facebook. It's Dreamcatchers colon live richer with the Budgetista. This question comes from, well, because this is a private group, I'm not going to say her um, her name. I'm going to say her name is uh, Maria. Maria says, what, are you all, what is your thought, what are your thoughts on paying a credit repair agency monthly to clean up your credit compared to doing it yourself? Also, is it better to dispute items or negotiate a settlement for deletion? So credit repair versus doing yourself, dispute or negotiate a settlement for deletion. This is Maria. What say you, Mandra?
2: Yeah, credit repair. I mean, this is one of those topics that, or one of those things that isn't necessarily nefarious or predatory, but easily can get into that, um, can get into that lane. So you have to really be careful when you're vetting, when you're vetting um, a credit repair firm and make sure that your expectations of them are realistic and that the value of them taking the time to do something that you could do yourself is worth it to you to pay for it. That would be my my warning. Um, so read reviews, you know, check, see if there have been complaints about them online. Um, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau still publishes a report where they track, um, you know, complaints against different financial institutions. Uh, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I just have a hard time saying it's it's it can help and I think it can be helpful in. Um, in certain situations, especially for people who just feel overwhelmed, but it's not like um, it's not like the panacea to all your problems. It won't solve everything. It's not a magic pill that'll remove all your debt and save all your woes. Like Tiffany always says, like if poor credit history is on your report and it's true, it's it'll stay there. You know? Yeah.
1: And that's the thing about when you, like this uh, Maria saying um, dispute items and negotiate a settlement for deletion. But here's the thing. And this is the thing that sometimes the disreputable credit um, repair agencies do. And I hate that, honestly, that sometimes dream catchers that they've got you thinking that disputing true items is the way to clean up your credit report. It's true. Like what, when you dispute something, you're saying, hey, this is not true. But if you did indeed swipe your visa and, oh, visa, that's true. So you're really not supposed to dispute that because unless visa says, you owe 500 when you know you only owe 200, you know? Yeah. So to me saying, should you dispute items? We'll only dispute it if it's not true or negotiate a settlement for deletion. Now, negotiating a settlement, I mean, to me, here's the thing. It really kind of depends on what it's worth to you. Now, if you owe $50,000 and you want to negotiate a settlement down to 10, it's going to be worth, to me, that's probably worth the hit to your credit report, but no, That because if you if basically they've forgiven forty thousand dollars worth of debt, you're likely gonna have to pay taxes on what was not paid. Because what's not paid is considered income to the federal government, right? So that's one you have to keep that in mind. So you might have to pay, you know, 25, 30 percent on on that money that was that wasn't paid. But sometimes that's still worth it to some folks. But I've seen people settle like, you know, $500 worth of debt. And it's not necessarily worth it if you can pay that off because like having a settlement on your credit um, report can really give you a nasty thing. And I don't know that it's worth it for $500, you know? Um, so it's is really it, up to you to decide. Is um, that thing
2: like more painful than, or, or worse for your credit than just the continuous, you know, non-payment of debt? Like if you're not being able to make your payments and finally you just settle it.
1: Yeah. That- so, I say this, so this is what, like, was told, shared with me. Like, I remember I was deciding whether to settle, and I had already not, this is like when when my mortgage, I had already not paid for a longer period of time. And my friend, Michaela, who's a lawyer, was like, we're here now, Tiffany. Like, I was like, I don't know. I don't want it to, because I was talking about foreclosure. And she's like, uh, you haven't paid your mortgage in a year. (laughs) It was basically like, your credit score is already in the gutter. This is just you kicking the can in the gutter. I was like, okay. So so yeah. basically, yes, if you are behind for, a, a, for a, um, a, a long time, then settling is not a huge thing. But let's just say I wouldn't come out the gate settling if you don't have to, unless you're really going to save a significant amount of money that's worth it. Because settling, think, you have to think about it this way. What you're telling future lenders is, I don't pay back. Like if you lend to me, there's a high likelihood that I'm only going to give you some of your money back. And no lender wants to see that.
2: Yeah and when you settle too like lenders typically won't settle with you unless you're really delinquent already mm-hmm. like you've you're you're months behind on payments so i would you know if you miss one payment or a, you know a few months of of your payments a lender may not be prepared to to settle with you until it gets really bad so um mm-hmm. you have to understand you may be like if you plan on settling you you would have to have the stomach to watch your credit score tank because it takes mm-hmm. a long time of non payment for them to be to consider settling that debt Um, But, you know, and and often with settling debt, even if a credit repair gets you a a debt settlement deal, which honestly you can do yourself simply by asking, you know, I can't pay 10, but I have six. um, Even if they did, often they require a lump sum payment right away. So if you Mm -hmm. don't have the money up front, um, that can be bad. I mean, it, it can be worthless because, yes, they've negotiated for you, but you don't have the money to pay it off. So you're back where you started. That's one of the reasons why we recommend reaching out to agencies like the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, They have sort of a lift of, you can, they'll match you with a credit counselor and they can help you set aside money to pay off your debt and get you on a debt repayment plan um, through their system. And it's, it can be, I believe like $25 a month to get that type of support from the NFCC and they're a nonprofit and highly reputable, Mm -hmm. reputable, and I can, I'm happy to share a link to their their site in the, in the notes.
1: Yeah. I like them. It's so it's nfcc.org, right? O-R-G.
2: I believe so. Let me, I can check. I'll, I'll send yeah.
1: a, I'll put a link in the show notes. Yep. And then, cause to me, the only, to, the only kind of entity that you can settle without taking like, um, th- like this immediate hit that I've seen is like when I, I settled my, my, um, my hospital bill, and so it didn't actually, it went to like internal collections at the hospital. So they hadn't like sent it to like the credit bureaus. Um, so I was able to settle, but when I looked on my credit score, it didn't, it didn't go on my credit report because they had not reported it yet that they sent it to their internal collections versus like the, you know, the normal collections bureaus that, that report to, um, you know, um, like Experian, Equifax, TransUnion. So hospital bills, it, there's a lot more flexibility when it comes to settling.
2: Yeah, I've definitely settled some, um, it's not that I didn't pay, I just forgot, or didn't, they had sent a bill for like, you know how you go to the doctor and you get some lab tests and then you get bills from like these random labs and you forget what they are because it's like two months later. Anyway, that happened and I ended up just, I I just kept being so frustrated and she was like, look, do you want to just get rid of this for $40? And I was like, sure. And uh, (laughs) that was, that was easy, so. Good question. Just watch out for credit repair firms. Opt for, instead, a credit counseling nonprofit if you can. Start there.
1: We have a good question. I want to ask another one. This one is nice and light. Um, So I'm going to say her name is Tiara. Tiara says, what are are some of your financial goals for 2019? Mine is to start saving um, for a down payment for a house and to take this IT class and start making some real money. Okay, Tiara. Um, So what are your financial goals for 2019? Recover from homeownership in
2: 2018. (laughs) Yeah. Rebuild back up my emergency fund to a place where I'm really happy and feeling confident. Um, I would say also, I know I have my own goals for my health. I think that's also tied up in financial wellness somehow. I mean, I feel like if I'm not well and I can't work, then that puts my family at a disadvantage um, and my household at a disadvantage. So. I'm working on that. Um, yeah, and I I think career-wise, I always think about those types of goals. I'm fortunate to be in a position where I feel like every other month there's new challenges and new things to sink my teeth into, and I'm, I'm, I'm always feeling challenged by the work. Um, and I, one of the things that I've recognized, though, in the last sort of few months, or not few months, but the last year, is that I could definitely learn some skills that other people that I work with know instead of having to rely on them to do things for me. Um, And it's not that I wanna do their job, but I wanna better educate myself about a particular strategy that feeds a lot of the direction of what we do here. And by I've already set up kind of conversations with the person who leads the team that does this part of the strategy for our company, and he's, you know, going to help me learn so that I can sort of walk into meetings feeling more confident in my own knowledge about the subject matter, and then be able to call people on their BS when they're not, you know, doing what they say they're going to do, or they're not, you know, giving us the direction that we need. And that's actually going to be a big game changer for me, I feel like in my career, because it'll make me even more valuable if I speak that if I'm just multilingual and other sort of types of, um, strategies and conversations at the company.
1: Oh, smarty (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) Um, mine, um, honestly, I just, I, I still feel like I'm not doing right by my retirement plan. And so one of my, um, that's one of like my big goals is to one, um, really feel comfortable, like, and like, okay, this is my clear retirement plan. This is how much I'm going to have by this date. And, you know, cause right now I just feel like I'm throwing money in there and I'm like, oh, I don't know what's happening. I'm just making money as a budget but I feel like on the back end, I'm not quite as secure. Like I'm good at savings. Yes. And, you know, we, we invested by purchasing, you know, our, our house in the way that we did, but I don't feel like I'm solid in my retirement planning. And, um, Two, I, I've already had like the talk with my parents, but I really want to sit down and like um, make sure that their, you know, that their their will is where it's supposed to be. And, you know, their long-term healthcare plans are where they're supposed to be. So thankfully we're in a space where, um, you know, after talking to with them for like, like about a year, they're really comfortable. They're like, yes. So a friend of mine who's a lawyer and she does this is actually going to come um i'm I'm hoping by the beginning of february that's why i asked her um and she's going to sit down with my parents and start the process of just having these things um together my dad had a a really bad cough the other day and it wasn't anything because crazy but my dad has never been like he's not he doesn't have high blood pressure he doesn't have diabetes he doesn't like the stuff that plagues older people my dad's in his 70s does not plague him he plays tennis three times a week I mean, I didn't even know what wheat bread was when I was a kid, but we just knew daddy ate brown bread. That's what I used to call it. Like, oh, brown bread. <laughs> um, he's always been really, really healthy. So when he had a cold, we were all like, Wait, why is daddy coughing? No. Meanwhile, the doctor was like, Yo, we poor man, we took that man to scene <laughs> the emergency room. You're kidding. No, Yo, I am not joking. Cause we had never when I tell you I've never I was like, we were like, we don't know what's wrong. They were like, um he has a cold. <laughs> he's going to be fine. Oh my, my dad God. was not happy with us. Like I told you I was fine. I was like, but daddy, we never see you sick. Uh, and so, um, yeah, he's more than fine. He had a cold. They literally gave him like flonase and like, he's like allergies and cold flonase and like mucinex. And I was like, Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> I know. But, but what it made me think of though, is cause like I said, you know, my dad's in his mid seventies. What it made me think of is that Are we, you know, prepared, prepared? You know, like I said, he's in really good health. And, you know, the doctor was like, because I was like, oh, but he's getting a little skinny. And my dad's like, my my doctor was like, when's the last time you saw an obese, you know, 80 year old? And I was like, hmm, this is true. (laughs) He was like, people get a little slimmer. Tiffany, he's fine. He plays tennis. He's healthy. He's happy. Nothing's wrong. But it did make me think about the future. So Hmm. I'm having my attorney and my friend Tony come. And drop some paper. So that's, like, a big goal for me. I've really been thinking about, like, future planning and future planning for my my family, my like, myself, my husband, um, um, a bonus bonus daughter. And then also planning for, like, my, my parents and making sure that, like, their wishes are fully expressed and we all know what that is. So th- those are, like, really my big main goals for 2019. Hmm. And to stop, stop harassing my poor father. <laughs> Yo, you have no idea when they... When they told us Flonase and um Mucinex the look he gave I was like hey, 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 hey. they're like mm, <laughs> thank you for giving us
2: an opportunity to bill your insurance I know. multiple thousands of dollars
1: <laughs> I know yo I was like yikes if I was like darn it if my dad ever really gets sick he's never going to want to go to the hospital <laughs> but still I had to we had to now <laughs> but it's just good to know that like he's in great health and it just goes to show you when you take care of yourself you know You know, if you're fortunate enough to to live, to be a little older, that your body will take care of you.
2: Yeah. We should set some Brown Ambition goals. Yeah, we should. I think we need to be at Essence Fest recording this year. You always go without me because I always forget until it's like the week of Essence Fest and you're like, Brown Boost, I'm going to Essence Fest.
1: (laughs) But you know what? To be all the way honest, Essence is extra brown. And usually they're like, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, Essence Fest, don't do this. They're like, no, oh, really, what you <laughs> So okay. we, we, yeah, so, I mean, definitely we're going to, like, you know, dreena have got the best publicist in the world, but every year she does, definitely does push early and it's always, mm, I don't know, I don't know. Then it's like, psych, come. Um, so hopefully we'll get like a little bit more notice Um or maybe we'll be able to go with like a, a with a brand who's already gonna be there. So we'll, we'll 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 work both angles.
2: Oh yeah, I don't need like an invitation. I'll just show up. All we need is like you know a mic and the computer. We can just <laughs> hang outside the front entrance and just pull people in. I'll be like Oprah Gayle,
1: join our <laughs> Ambition.
2: What can go wrong? What can go yeah. wrong?
1: <laughs> yeah. So are we good on questions? Hey guys, do so. not forget. Ask your questions, please. We love your questions.
2: Go ahead and email us at brownambitionpodcast@gmail.com. You can also send us a message on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. We're at the BA podcast on Twitter and Brown Ambition on Facebook.
1: Yes. Now it's time for booster break or booster break. Um I'm going to go first and I'm going to take a break. Have you seen I mean everyone's talking about it on the Instagrams? The Fire Festival um Ooh. um document. Which one? So
2: yes, I've watched the Hulu one and I've yeah, I died. It was so funny.
1: You if you watched the Hulu one, you will love the Netflix one. <laughs> Watch both of them. That's
2: what I've heard. The Netflix one's supposed to be really
1: good. Yes, it is beyond and I don't even know if I wanna break it or boost it. I don't know. Either way. You wanna like
2: a- boost the you wanna like boost the poor people. Yes. who were, you know, the poor local Bahamians who were, mm-hmm. you know, left,
1: it broke by this whole festival. And then like... Yeah. And poor, not as in poor, as in like, yeah. just in case y'all start reading us, like, not poor, like no money, poor, poor, like, this is an unfortunate thing that happened to them poor, just yes. to be clear. They, many, many people lost lots of money. Like, I, yes. read, I heard one restaurant
2: owner lost like yeah. tens of thousands of dollars, like 50, she took it out 50, of her... Was... Yeah, out of her own nest egg. I'm totally just stomping all over so your th- your booze. Sorry, I'll stop.
1: No, 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 you're right. No, but thank goodness, though, they had her do um, an actual GoFundMe. GoFundMe that they're going to work to make sure it's really her, and that she's going to get it. Last time I checked, it was upward. It was up to one hundred and fifty. But she put up fifty thousand. So for those of you who haven't watched it, the Fire Festival was supposed to be this big, huge. So think Coachella, but upscale. And it was supposed to take place in the Bahamas. But there's a scam artist named um, uh, Billy. I forget his last name. Um, But anyway, he and Ja Rule, which how random, I know. Um, Hip-hop mogul, Ja Rule. (laughs) Mogul is a stretch. (laughs) We'll just say former hip-hop rapper or hip-hop star. Um, So they got together and, well, what was, I didn't know this originally, FIRE was an app so you can book, um, um, like, um, just like musical acts. And they wanted to promote the app and someone suggested a festival. So... They decided to have it in the Bahamas, but from the very beginning, it was clear that it was a scam. So apparently, this Billy guy is a master scammer that he's been scamming his whole life, and I don't think he thought that it would go as big because normally what what he did would was that he'd scam and basically be able to easily keep the money because there was no real recourse. But this grew so big, so many people wanted to go to the fire festival that they paid a ton of money, and it just grew. And because of social media and people, you know, he had people come to other countries, and so. He got investors involved and he was like um, um, forging wire transfers to tell people that they were, he sent them money. It was just a whole bunch of stuff that he did. And so he's now serving six years in federal prison as he should, if not longer. Um, And yeah, so many people lost a ton of money or didn't get paid at all. Um, But what it really was interesting was to see the power of social media and influencers, because that's why so many people... Like Kendall Jenner posted about fire. All these models posted about fire, and as a result, you know it made like you know all these people want to go. But it's a really good, like it, I would say, if I, if it was me, I would say, hmm, watch the Hulu one first because, well, maybe it it depends because in the Hulu one you get to really see how crazy this guy is, but in the Netflix one it is both hilarious and ghastly. It's they're both really good though. But I definitely spent like two nights watching it and I was just like, wow. The audacity, the unmitigated gall of this guy. And then even after that, Mandy, even after that, he was out on bail and started a new scam. While out on bail. Yeah. That
0: kind of just, person's like a pathological
1: liar. He, he needs to be
0: in jail forever.
1: Yeah. And that's what they yeah. said, that their, a psychologist was like, you know, he's someone who will always be scamming. It's just part of him. And um, so, yeah, it was like I said, it was really good. So it's kind of like a boost break. It was like there were really interesting documentaries and everyone's been talking about it. So I definitely highly recommend them both.
2: Highly recommend. Yeah. Ditto. Um, I'm going to do. You're going to boost a break. I'm going to do, do a break and a boost. So the break, I mean, it's a break and a boost at the same time. But I, I've been living under a rock and there's this reporter in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, who. She claims, um, was told her natural hair was unprofessional. She was wearing, she started wearing her hair natural on the air, and her news director pulled her aside and said that it was unprofessional and asked her to change it back. And then later on, she was fired. And I'm brushing up on the details of the story, but it sounds like she's filed a complaint with the um, EEOC. What does that stand for again? Equal Employment Opportunity. Opportunity Commission. Okay. EEOC. But anyhow, um, EEOC handles a lot of workplace, um, Uh, litigation filed by employees who have been wronged on you know, uh, matters of inequality. So gender discrimination, race, race discrimination. So yeah, this story is really, uh, really shocking. I think it's not unusual because we've seen in the news lately, like, you know, if you're a, r- a news reporter, an, a black woman as a news reporter, if you wear your hair natural, like we've seen women get called out by callers, like to the show. There was that one viral clip of some like a voicemail that some uh, uh, news viewer like left this poor reporter because she changed her hair. That was really racist. And people will flood the comments and leave, ra- you know, racist remarks or whatever. I used to do videos at Yahoo. And when I started transitioning my hair, you would get like hair comments in the in the comments. No. And yeah, it was just like par for the course. However, like to actually get fired, I thought we were just beyond this. Um, yeah. So it's just shocking to me to hear if these allegations are true, that she might have been let go because of her appearance and if her natural hair played a role in it. Um, and she talks about how when she was hired, you know, she was wearing her hair straight and pressing it with flat iron. And you know what it takes. We all know burning your hair to no end to get it to lay flat um, and how, you know, changing it h- halfway into her role or however long it was, you know, to have that pushback from her manager. Like I just, yeah, it's, it's like some, it's like some traditional uh, corporate environments. It's still like you're stuck in 19, you know, yeah. 50 which is just super, super sad, but she's getting a lot of attention. So hopefully something good comes of it.
1: Yeah. Hopefully that would be honestly. Yeah. Because I just, uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate. And I just can't imagine. Cause like you said, I, me too. Like I, you know, when I taught preschool, I had a fro at one time, like a literal Michael Jackson afro, but I was teaching preschool. And no one was like, Hey you, you know, yeah, And then after that, the fro, I had twists, I had braids, but as a teacher, especially of little ones, no one, and plus I, I taught in, um, in Newark where, you know, the majority of the kids look like me. So parents weren't like, Hey, what's that hair? It's like, you have the same hair as me, you know? So then I became, you know, I started the budget where I could do whatever, but I mean, to be all the way honest, I'm thinking to myself, if like my locks, the way they are now, you know, they lay quote unquote neat, you know? <laughs> So I don't know that I would be on TV with the fro, you know what I mean? Like with like the real and like the news and stuff that I, do. I don't know that they would, they would accept me or allow me to be on. If I really think about it, like I'm, I'm wearing my locks the way I'm wearing them now because I like them. But you know, I mean, I realize now that like, you know, it's, it, it's in alignment what with like, you know what, even though they're locks, they look really neat. I've heard people say that like, Oh my gosh, like your, your hair are locks, but they're really neat. I'm like, and you know, it's almost like code for, they almost look like regular hair, you know? Yeah, pretty yeah, good for so, black
2: hair. Exactly. Yeah. So, the coded language. Yeah,
1: I mean, it is. And it's hard because, yeah, it's I'll hard tell being you. a system. It is.
2: But I'll tell you one thing, you know, put me in the place of her news director and it wouldn't have been an issue. Like we need people who look like us and go, you know, identify with us to be in places of power because then it becomes normal. It's yeah. it's unusual because, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have white people in leadership roles. Like that's not at all what I'm saying. I don't want to misconstrue, but we need to have more people sitting around the table having those types of conversations.
1: Yeah. Because if people, like you said, it. It must be really hard to walk the line when you're like, okay, so this is what she means by that. Okay, so but it's also good because, I mean, I I don't believe I don't believe in coincidences and that, you know, who you are, who you came from. All of those things are critical components of where you are now and your ability to be where you are, because one, you know, like uh, people can just look at you and be like, oh, wow, Manny's in a position of power and she wears her hair like big and beautiful. They don't always okay. think
2: that. I will tell you people, but mm. I will I will say one thing that I've struggled with. I haven't really struggled with anything on my team, but I do get – people don't assume that I'm the boss um, sometimes. And it's not like I let it bother me, but it does happen. I noticed mm. the um, – the uh, the front desk person, there was a new one recently um, and she made a comment that led me to believe that, oh, she doesn't know that I run the whole team, you know, and it's it's just interesting. You have to kind of clock those types of um, assumptions. Yeah. Um, it's it's like, it's the same thing. Like if a black woman tells you she's going to be a character in a movie and, you, and she wants you to guess who she's going to be, a lot of times people might guess like, oh, you're the villain or, oh, you're the, you know, you're like the rookie or whatever. Would you guess that they're the main character of the movie, That's like the true. lead in the film? Um yeah, it's just, just interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very, very, very interesting. So
1: fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's code for it gets on my freaking nerves. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. No, this has been awesome though. But, um, yeah. Well, one last little boost. I w- did. I talk about. I really want to see that movie, Little, with oh, uh, Marseille. Oh yes! I know. Shout, shout out to She's the best. Yeah. First of all, Marseille Martin, right? Issa Ray. And is it Virginia King? No, 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 I not it was Regina Sonna King. Latham. No, it's Regina. Oh, don't kill me, black people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna claim 50% white right now. <laughs>
1: I'm leaving I'm you under the I'm <laughs> Under the bus. Bye. <laughs> I forget. Oh man. Um, I'm like, it's the other Regina. Um, don't kill me. I know. Just take my black card right now. Just, Regina, just Hall, Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Okay, okay. You see, you brought it back in. You brought it back in. So yeah, so that's just it just looks like a dope movie. And I just love all that black girl magic. So that's a nice little boost. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it looks really cute. I'll definitely see it. Okay, this has been wow, we went from everywhere. Isn't that so crazy? I went from like, so overwhelming to like <laughs> I swear, now I gotta take another shot. I'm like, I can't, Mandy. Come on. You can't do this for the twins tip. My emotions are all over the place. It's it's the worst when you don't even know that your emotions until you realize you're like, wait, I'm acting crazy.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, of course,
1: you are a vessel Uh of life. (laughs) <laughs> that's so a crazy lie.
2: no surround because yourself gonna... in flowers and get a, do a Beyonce photo shoot or something
1: just I've, been, like... I've, I've been listening to a lot of NDIRE lately live- Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs>